Kevin Markwick. Head banging, unusual. Hello, welcome along. Kevin Markwick here. 
Thank you, Adrian, for the previous two hours of soul grooviness. It's the Kevin Markwick Show with a very special guest tonight. He doesn't believe me. Acclaimed filmmaker, producer, director... And I keep saying crowned head of the film industry. He's going to get really annoyed if I keep saying that. <laughs> He's so laid back, he was making a cup of tea before we started. So... That's Christopher Grandier de Fer. Was that right? Yes. Thank goodness. So he's picked, so it's all his fault. Music from, uh, what have we got? Barton Fink, Senna, Black Hawk Down, Heathers, Hamon, Hamon. Uh, we got some Indian, Indian cinema, that'd be interesting. Dev Das, In Custody. Uh, some more, uh, yeah, Remains of the Day, Swimming Pool. A film I definitely watched for the interviews. And Star Wars. No, no, Star Wars is great. Ipcris File. The Road. These are all really, really quite, quite downers, these films. <laughs> no, they're fine. And we're going to start with some Spandau Ballet, would you believe?
Musclebound, Spandau Ballet from... <laughs> what year was that from? I have no idea. Oh, you're going to have to get close to the mic. I have no idea. Oh, no, that's because I'm... you got to turn it on. i got to turn your mic on. See, true professional. Welcome. Welcome, Chris. It's good to have you here. Bonsoir. Thank you very much. Oh. Very nice to be in your little cabin. Yeah, it's lovely. Isn't I've it? always wanted to play in your tool shed. <laughs> <laughs> How's your weekend uh, in Uckfield been? Oh, very good. We know Uckfield is the epicenter of all things exciting. It is. There's only uh, one F in Uckfield. We always say that is. Yeah, that is true. It is, that and is uh, so good. Lord Lucan never left. Which I tried to convince the uh, Chamber of Commerce that would be a good idea for the town slogan, but they. I think, I think it. you should work on that. I mean, don't give up at the first hurdle. I mean, you know, get, 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 get some support locally and then yes. push that through. Well, okay. So now, what do you do, Chris? Tell, talk me through it. Tell the listener what what it is. I know. I mean, I'm looking at your IMDb here, which is, I have to say, it's quite showing off a long list of stuff on here. It's, it's a bit. Yeah, I, I need to trim it down a bit and just just put the films I actually worked on. <laughs> To be fair, they do. To be to be fair, they do. They do check these things, don't they? They do. Yeah, yeah. No, they do. So, they, they cross check and double check. Yeah. yeah. So Especially it, now that it's owned by a company that's um, keen on linking the films that we feature in, and you know, and selling sell, you the sell product. them on. Yeah. But your current job is. So I'm currently the uh, executive producer of mm. Eye Features, yeah. which is a Creative England initiative. Oh, it's Creative uh, England. It's I've been selling it as BFI. It's not BFI. You have, you have, but that's all right. It's funded by the BFI right. and the BBC and Creative yes. England. I have the BBC as well. Um, that yes. I did not know. Yes, yes. Now mm. we have a lot of Bs in uh, I yeah. features. <laughs> and uh, so it's an initiative aimed at emerging talent. So, uh, yeah, so um, to some degree, then, you're sort of poacher-turned gatekeeper. Uh, yes, I like to see that I've been given a little uh, séjour away from the trenches, <laughs> um, back, back with the generals in the tents. Yeah. You know. No, well, that's it's, it's, it seems like a um, an interesting initiative. I mean, does it replace it? Because there were there were quite a few of these initiatives, weren't there, over the years? These sort of the, the, which, well, to explain to this is what we're talking about is films in the budget range of around three hundred fifty thousand. Three fifty, yeah, that's all yeah, right. which is kind of low budget, yeah. isn't it? By it's well, sa- sadly, it's become a bit of a. Um uh, an average budget now in, in, ah, there in, you go. in uh, oh that would look at that I can feel <laughs> hey, myself. you can do mumbling Fresh around midnight chocolate tones yeah that's it um, <laughs> yeah no it's, it's a very uh, it's a very um, it's a very average budget now in, in British it's average film. yeah it's getting close to sort of being around the 50% mark for a lot of films that said um, you know we don't we don't watch all these films so who's to say no no what, I, d- I don't want to get quality uh, yeah. check is on this it's really no, it's tough no. it's and tough. I don't want to get too technical because this is no. a general kind of this is entertainment not. show um, so well that's that's exciting then because you've just actually I think the first lot uh, have you actually finished choosing the features because I think you're in the middle of the, yeah, the first so round of I'm the third version of this uh, I features oh, business so okay. there, was, there was one a while back started in uh, Bristol Yes, and the films had to be set in Bristol. Ah, uh, okay. And the most recent one of those, Eight Minutes Idol, was released on DVD very right, shortly. Right. Okay. Uh, the next iteration, they are they're being made. So there are three there: the Goob, Norfolk, and Spaceship. They're all either finishing or starting production. Right. And then, yeah, I'm in the middle of of going through just under 400 projects. Yeah, to figure out which which of those will be. Allow well allow which those will be invited to meet a panel of industry experts um, who will pick sixteen. Do you think only sixteen go through at this point? Wow! Do you think there's too many out there? There's too many people trying to make films. There's way you too many people say, yeah, out there. Yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> filmmaker. I suppose no. you, you, yeah, it puts you in a difficult. I, I, it's not. It's a difficult question to answer, isn't it? I mean, it's 
there's in a way this sort of democratization of film has made things sometimes somehow could be seen as making it you accessible know, to too, accessible okay let's we'll, we'll leave yeah. it at that yeah that's fair enough what <laughs> so does this mean then that you'll do this and then move and then that's it that's this is your well, don't section allow me to do no no do another again. one yeah. yeah no that seems fair enough <laughs> what I mean is that do, do you then move on from this or do you continue to uh, develop that idea uh, this, well this, that this takes me till March of next oh, year okay. and then right. I will oversee the three films that are selected for production right. so three films get 350 grand okay. and I will oversee those so that will you know, take another uh, 18 months right. so I'll be, I'll be around for a while within this okay. uh, initiative but then I, uh, as a doctor we reincarnate so there'll be a new me Yes, uh, running the next one. If, okay. if there is a next one, we never know these things. Who knows? The who government knows? could get out of bed the wrong side tomorrow. Could, and we could have an election. Yeah. people could change. I don't. You know, who knows? You really I'd, don't know, do you? you it's quite. That's quite partly one of the problems with funding films. Is yes. By the time we labour to get anything done, all the rules have changed all again. All the rules have changed. I know, very okay. Tricky. Right. Well, that was the serious bit of the show. Yeah, that's very grown up of you. Yes, too. thank you. Um, so what we're going to do is play some music that you pick, just films that you like. It's not necessarily favourite films or whatever. It's just films that you like. So we're going to start with Raising Arizona. That's Carter a good Burwell. film, isn't it? It is. That is hilarious. And I should have looked out the year. What was the year? Hang on. Oh, we so must like... be in the late eighties, I think. I'm uh, gonna, I'm gonna head to a bit around eighty-nine or maybe ninety. Nineteen eighty-seven. Eighty-seven, you see? Wow. God, that was good. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas one of Cage. His finest films, and it's, it's kind of. I always think it's interesting because it's the very film that proves that voiceover works, doesn't it? I mean, they're always telling you in script conference. You know, it proves it, a lot of things. That yeah. film. I mean, well, Coen Brothers can really direct. Yes. That's uh, true. The babies can be funny when they're kidnapped. And at one time, um, Nicolas Cage was in films that were worth seeing. And had hair. And had hair. Okay, yeah. this is Carter That's Burwell's... That's a good time to get yes, away. Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Carter Burwell's theme from Raising Arizona.
Scott Joplin, The Sting, or The Entertainer, more accurately, I think. Yeah. Oh, see? The film was The Sting. The film was The Sting. The track's called The Entertainer. Marvin Hamlish, I think, was uh, credited with um, adapting the music. And that was, what year was that? Oh, 1973. I was going to say 73. You don't look old enough to remember that one. I watched it a bit later then, VHS. Uh, I remember it when it came out. I do. I you don't look old enough to No, remember. well, I was, uh, how old was I? I was 11 wow. when it came out. And it was. It stands up, actually. We watched it again fairly recently. It's really good. And it's so well constructed, really isn't it? And it kind of keeps you guessing right. Even, even though I've seen it many times, I'm always going, come on, come on, come on. And that performance, Robert Shaw. Yes. He's very man. good. Yes, he is very good. So I'm looking through your uh, IMDb here. Have a look. Yeah. And of course, the first one. I mean, you got all sorts of things here. What's you know, trainee assistant director. That's a good one. Trainee, yeah. Yeah, in 1992. That, that means unpaid today. <laughs> and surviving Picasso. That was an interesting film. Second assistant director. Tell yes. tell the ladies and gentlemen what second assistant director involved. Uh, well, it was a bit. It was particular on that one because it was a, a film, a British film, American film, I should yes, say, American right. British. Okay. British American film. Uh, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Anthony don't, Hopkins. Don't do an Anthony Sir. Hopkins. Impression. I'm not going to go there. No, no, I'm don't not, do this, it. Is, this is not a road trip. No, it's not. No, no, stop it. Stop it. We watched. We watched five in a row last night. That's why I even attempted it. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. So it was. Uh, it was about Picasso, the uh, the great painter. Yes. And it took us through um, his lives, through his wives. So we kind of met. Okay. The different wives. Julianne Moore played one of them. But that must have been an interesting experience for a young, you know, a young person such young as me, person. or for Picasso yeah, for himself. You. No, for you to be on on that set. No, it was, it was fascinating. I was I was young. We were filming was, in the south of France. It was directed by uh, James Ivory. James Ivory, who yeah. you've got several on here. So obviously you got involved with them quite heavily. Yeah. I, well, they called me back. They did. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call us. We'll call you. They actually did. You know. Thing is, we could do some more of those in Oxfield. You see, what, this is what we need: films? Merchant Ivory films. Merchant, <laughs> I, well, it's going to be, it's going to be tricky. Mr. Yeah, I know, Merchant, I know, no I know, I know he's no longer with us. Yeah. But we need somebody to take over the mantle because, you know, that's what uh, used to keep us in uh, the manner to which we become in accustomed. Business, yeah. uh, you know, all those kind of films. They, they not, not wishing to sound old, but they don't, yeah. they don't make them like they used to. Do no, they? well, they don't. No, no, no they most don't definitely. So we're going to shoot up the list here, and of course, the one that would catch most people's eyes: Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Second, second assistant director. That's yeah. a groovy title. It's a very good title. Title, what does yeah. it mean? What does it mean? It means the person that goes to Tunisia ahead of everybody else right. and sweats out in the desert getting things ready. So JJ didn't give you a call then? I'm probably a bit too old to go and sweat out in the desert right. now, really. <laughs> did you um, see that picture? That was amazing, wasn't it? Of the cast yeah, reading. I tweeted right. it. I tweeted ah, that. You did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. So what did you do? You said that's what you did. You went out to Tunisia ahead I, yeah, for Mr. Went, Lucas and, and um, Lucasfilm and tried yeah. to find that one bit in the desert where that... that that skeleton was no uh i did i actually know i was a bit of a star wars geek so when um when word went out that they needed one of the assistants to go to star wars valley oh, uh, right. which is also to you and me would be known as where um obi-wan kenobi lived in his cave and right the okay sand people were there and they oh, said you sand people to oh, someone, i yeah, did it i did it Alec Guinness, i love it i love it <laughs> They'll be back and in greater numbers. Yeah, very good. I like it. I wish I could do a lightsaber. Um, yeah, so I, I volunteered for that. I had to go, so I went to right. look at that. Yeah. yeah, you can turn. I mean, no, no, no geek worth his salt would turn that job you down. Can't, would they? I mean, how can you turn it down? No, no, absolutely. Okay, so what we do is we'll play a bit of Star Wars. Uh, this is from see episode four. I always find that a bit. No. I was debating that um, yeah. Yeah, today. I mean, you know, because when we showed it, I remember they, they, the, the prints came back when when we did the reissue 
prints. They came back with a clearly different bit of film spliced into the opening. Ooh. You know, it was on different stock where they changed the, the scroll up at the beginning because yeah. it definitely didn't have episode four when it was first released. No, it on, was just on the called scroll, Star Wars. Just called yeah. Star Wars, yeah. No, it was called Star Wars, A New Hope. A New, a new In a galaxy. In a radio station a far, ra- far away. <laughs> well, we're going to play a bit sort of dourish bit of music, actually. But it's a beautiful piece of music. It's Leia's theme from Star Wars.
so we're all over the show tonight, trying to keep it on tack. It's this talking thing. Talking. So, uh, Kevin Markwick Show, I'm joined by uh, Chris Grognier de Fair, one of the leading lights of the British film industry. <laughs> it's true. Don't, and don't forget, you can get in touch with the show. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Kevin Markwick, or you can go uh, to the Facebook page and the Kevin Markwick Show, put that into Facebook and you'll find, you'll find us there. Please let us know what you think about what we're doing. <laughs> begging us to stop or whatever it is please mercy yeah so we thought uh, we'd go into uh, a bit of Francois Ozon next we're going French now aren't we we're going French we go French yes which is right up your LA presumably <laughs> <laughs> is there such Bonjour. a word in French is there? Um, I, I think they say LA LA I don't know my French is appalling so uh, my, 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 I, I la- still laugh at the joke and carry on spying races I'll meet you at the Rue de Remarques <laughs> <laughs> so well uh, what an idiot you need to be there don't you you did need to be there but it is a funny joke so um you've worked have you worked with those all yeah we had, we had a spell with um francois yeah how was it a film called angel we uh had a young actor who most people probably know now called michael fassbender ah he's done joined well. us on that yeah, yeah that was one of his well maybe first or second films right and uh, yeah he's atmospheric since then hasn't he he's, he's done really well w- what fassbender yeah 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 do you think it really is him under that <laughs> under that mask I in think. Frank at, at, at well, the risk of being horrible name droppy droppy yeah. Lenny Abraham and he tells me it is him under the mask well, throughout the whole film so. well, it probably would be wouldn't it yeah well, I suppose. Uh, maybe some stunt shots he didn't well, do I don't know. I've not seen the film so. I don't, it's good it yeah, is good fun. Um, so Ozan though I mean he's he's uh, very prolific one a year he? one a year is that how it works he's yeah, sort of the French much. Woody Allen um, I don't know how to take that. I don't know how he'd take that. No, I mean, I don't know are we allowed to say, to say Woody Allen? Anymore? I don't know. I mean, it's which it's, which it's, part of Woody Allen's catalogue of, of um, uh, I don't know works. You're well, no. To. Well, I, I meant in terms of his profligacy. Yeah, in terms of, of his, his um, cinematic profligacy. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Uh, I'll be, I'll, uh, no, I got that. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, one a year, and um, yes, the last one which you mentioned was Jolie Jolie. Uh, did you like that? Uh, yeah, I kind of did, but I kind of I remember sitting in the cinema with somebody who who was kicking me throughout. Really, with a kind of "How dare you bring me to this film?" Look, there's a young man. I was surprised. At his really? Reaction, well, I mean, given, she's, given she, the subject matter, she's a very attractive lady. But did yeah. that? Did that not? I don't know. I feel, did it, it not feel it a little exploitative? Me of my, my youth you? in Paris. I'm not going to oh, right. further than that. Really. <laughs> okay, but it didn't feel a bit exploitative to you. Uh, not not in Ozon's hands. I think no. you know. I think with a different director, you might have felt differently. Right. But, um, We're talking about the film. It was his last film, which was about a young girl from presumably quite a well-to-do Parisian family, very bourgeois family. Yes. Yeah, who decides that she's um, to earn, earn money in a different way, but yes. only only with older men. Yeah, she makes that kind of conscious decision, yeah. doesn't she? But you know, it's quite explicit. There's quite a lot of nudity, and you just kind of feel well. The camera kind of lingers a bit, doesn't it? In the same way, you could make the same. Maybe it's the the way the, the French just see things differently. Perhaps I don't know. It's the same with um, uh, blue is the warmest colour. Lingering. You know, it was very, wasn't it? I mean, did, did it need to be as quite as lingering as that? If you're if you're making a serious point, I mean. I don't know. I've no. not I've not seen the um, Scandinavian effort within this. Uh, Oh. Arena of Bataille. Oh, N- Nymphomania. No, that is extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, Von Trier just makes you... You're never quite sure, are you, whether he's yanking your chain, so to speak. He's sort of... He's taking the mickey out of you, I think, a lot of the time. And it just made me feel sore. In, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it 
and for me, I mean, I'm not, not do you, do you, you know, really think that bru- well, no, bruised, you know, you sort of felt, oh, Battered, yeah, you, yeah. she must be, you know, love, let's stop it, love, you must, it must, must be getting sore, it must be, <laughs> you know, and it, so there was nothing uh, particularly erotic about it, but... Um, Is it, have you shown it in Uckfield? We did, we did, yeah, not too many people showed up. No. No, if it had been Nymphomaniac goes to India and has a nice cup of tea with Judy Dench, then we'd, then have, it have, yeah. we'd have been packed. But, uh, no. Okay, so oh, that's it. So you did you did just that one film with him? Yeah, just, yeah. just that one. Okay. Yeah. It was shot in England, which is why ah, I was involved. okay, right. Um, um, and uh, the one before, that was good, Donald Maison, which is the guy telling the story. You've not seen that one? No, I haven't the, seen the, the school teacher. And yeah, the, yeah. The, that was actually very, very good. But my favourite of his is Five by Two told backwards yes five sequences becomes unbearably moving doesn't it yeah. because you know what, ha- yeah. what's mm. going to happen when they meet and they seem so enthusiastic and and so uh, it's, full a, it's of an hope. antidote to love isn't it it that? is like, really it's brutal <laughs> it's a warning to everyone it's not a date movie no it's no. not is it okay so but then you could always go and see eight women yeah i know yeah, i've not seen that eight is, women bursting yeah. into song yeah for and, no reason and they're all the, it's like fanny ardant is it and it's, um yeah uh, Catherine Deneuve yeah, and, bursting and, into song yeah fantastic yeah. All right, Virginie, no. Virginie Le Doyen uh-huh. I've not seen that so I will definitely and, and the young girl and fat from uh, Swimming Pool how do you pronounce that? who's that? Swimming Pool Ludovine Signy <laughs> is that how you pronounce yeah. it? actually I worked on one of her very first films alright um, she's, she's uh, a young girl running down the street she's alright oh, well, it was a bigger part than that. I just, oh, right. I just <laughs> remember that part of it. Yeah. It is actually. I think she's rather good. I saw a film with. Uh, it was not a very good film with her and. Um, oh, see, this happens to me all the time. Uh, you know, four weddings, lady. That's kind Kristen of. Scott-Thomas. Yes. Kirsten Scott. Yes. Kirsten Scott. And Kirsten, I always say it wrong. Is it Kristen, Kristen or Kirsten? Kirsten? Let's call the whole thing off. Kirsten Scott. Yeah. yeah. Kristen, Miss, I think it's Miss Kristen. Scott Thomas. Yes. Miss Scott <laughs> Thomas. Yeah. Ma- Madame. Mademoiselle. 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 Scott Thomas. Mademoiselle. Yeah, Scott Thomas. <laughs> All right, so we're going to play a bit of music from Swimming Pool, uh, from the score by Philippe Bombi. Charlotte Rampling. Charlotte Rampling. Rampling. Lovely.
Philippe Rombi's Rombi 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 score hello for a swimming pool which in French would be piscine oh <laughs> see you could tell I'm English can't you I, I I sniggered at that I'm sorry I'm sorry listeners that's ridiculous uh from swimming pool in uh 19 oh I got it written down here somewhere and I can't find it you see 2003 2003 2003 which was great actually yeah it was a quite a brave performance wasn't it mm. by Charlotte Rampling kind of did it sort of launch her again I can't remember it was sort of she came back to prominence I think in that I think in the UK yeah I think the yeah. French were very aware of her oh, okay yeah. I mean I, I remember in um, The Night Porter that's what that's yeah. the one that just a most extraordinary film which the like of which I can't imagine we'd ever see again and that, was, that, was, that, was that a French film no, it wasn't. No, anyway. Um, so we're going to move on to Sleuth, actually. You wanted me to play a bit from Sleuth. Why I thought did you, we'd why stay did in you, the kind of... Uh, yeah, why did you pick Sleuth particularly? It's one of my favourites, I think. Is it? It's so good. Why? It's, I just remember watching it as a kid. Yeah. Very young. And um, I just... I couldn't see anything coming. And that bit where the clown's laughing and he finds the... Uh, right. Do you remember he finds the yeah, eye, yeah, eyelashes on it? And it's... Ah, it, oh, just freaking out. And it was the last film made by the great John... Um, uh, Joseph Mankiewicz, yes, who had made you know all about Eve and uh, all those wonderful films, and famously had that terrible time on uh, Cleopatra. In fact, this was uh, yeah, it was his last film, and it was shot in it was shot over here, wasn't it? It was mm. a UK film, and I think it's famously the film where Michael Caine taught Laurence Olivier how to make the most out of um, the film business because he'd always um, you know um, not made enough money out of it. And I think it was Kane was telling you know in, on that famously on that film saying to him, my dear boy you should you should be doing it for the money, which is why we got endless films with um, Laurence Olivier doing terrible middle European accents in things like the Jazz Singer. And, what was that uh, film where he pulls the teeth? Uh, Marathon Man. Yes. Is it that's safe? That's, that's amazing. That was a uh, William Goldman script, wasn't it? Directed yeah. by John Schlesinger. Dear, yeah, yeah. dear Johnny. You're at a screen when no, you I'm not. That. I'm not. You know all yeah, this yeah, stuff. yeah. Dear, 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 dear Johnny. Dear Johnny Schlesinger, <laughs> not that I ever knew Johnny Schlesinger. <laughs> just, He'll be on the show. Just too, sounded like the sort of thing he, you might say about John Schlesinger. But um, so, Sleuth, did you see the remake? Not so good. I did. Yeah, I did. I did see the and? remake. I, it, it does. I mean, the the story is so particular. That once you know the story, it's very difficult to be surprised so sort of again. I know it. it. Okay. Yeah, what uh, was it based on? A play or did was it? Yes, a, it was. It was a play. Originally. It was Shaffer. Shaffer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, uh, this is actually the opening credit music from Sleuth in 1970. Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, look at the list. Uh, d- do the me. list. The list is life. What is life? it? I don't know. Just play it and we'll tell everyone <laughs> afterwards. All right, okay. 1970. Oh, hooray. Tweet if you know the answer. Yeah, tweet if you know the answer. <laughs> Thank you. 
the uh, opening credit music by John Addison from uh, Joe L. Mankiewicz's film version of Sleuth in 1972. Yep. One of your favourite films. Definitely. Do you have it on the Duvday? On the what? <laughs> the Duvday. The Duvday. I, I, I don't know where my Duvday collection is anymore. Do you not? Why? No. I, I think it was being, um, I think it's been absorbed. Really? Into the house. Oh. Okay, Part I love the my Duvet collection. I, I'm very fond of it, but I've I've got these newfangled contraptions. You just sort of watch films in the uh, in the in space land. In space, space, yeah. <laughs> I tend okay. not to watch a film again. I may I I, really? I worked out that I was spending oh, okay. all this money on DVDs and never actually watching them more than once or twice, and then. I think as you get older, you watch films um, less more than once. That is the most clumsy sentence so you, I've ever come up with in my life. As you get older, you're, you're saying that we will watch a film more than once more often. Less often. Less more often. Well, when you're a kid, you watch them over and over again. I did, anyway. Kids I mean, watch I was the lucky. same film 872 yes, they do. times. Yeah. Whereas, whereas when, uh, that's, yeah. But you know it's because they don't know how to change the DVD, don't you? It's not... <laughs> They might not like no, my kids, it's because they put a jam sandwich in it. It just kept, you know, stuck. It just it's got stuck. Yeah. Um, no, because I I was lucky. I because I grew up in a cinema. I could watch a film over and over again the same week. You could have your own screening room. Yeah, you did yeah. you are your own screening? I, room. I, I yeah, really really lucky. I mean, I do realise how lucky I was. So we're gonna move on to uh, España. Yeah, uh-huh. we're moving over some tapas. Some, uh, oh yeah. It's about it's time for some tapas it, it now. It is actually, it? it's about right. Uh, and Almodovar, mm. who's Amazing one, film director. He's one of my absolute favourites, I have brilliant. to say. Hablo Cornella is my favourite of his. Are you swearing at me? Yeah, no, let's talk to her. See, I was showing off again. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I do that very English thing of doing a bit in a foreign language and then get caught out. I do it all the time. I've got to stop doing it. Do you it. shout when you speak No, foreign? I don't. I do try and speak foreign, and then, you know, I just feel like an arse most of the time, because then, then someone will answer me in, in, English. in the in language. Or in English. Either, either in perfect English, or a, com- more, a far more complex phrase in the language I've just tried to master, and I'm like... 
Uh, yeah. That was the limit of my knowledge, I'm afraid. But Almodovar is um, extraordinary, extraordinary filmmaker. And he kind of, uh, sort of single-handedly led the torch internationally, didn't he, for Spain, really, well, for a long time. Yeah. I mean, there are a few others I think that people are aware of, but he certainly for a while was... Yeah, you know, Trivial Pursuit's name is Spanish director. It's It'll be Almodovar. 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 He directs with his brother producing, doesn't he? I did not know that. I think he does. Yeah, um, Agustin. I'm, I'm always. Uh, I was very affected by talk to her, and I was very affected by uh, all about my mother. Um, and this is the track we're going to play from High Heels. Yeah. Which is actually is that the one with Victoria Brie? Yes, yeah. it is. That was fantastic, yeah, it? yeah, it was, and his other. Muse, whose name escapes me. <laughs> well, we can, uh, again, for those who know, tweet. Yeah, tweet in. For goodness sake, tweet in. See, now I've got to find it on the thing. Okay, well, it's called Pien- Piensa en mi, which means for- think, about, think me. about me. Think of me. And by the amazing, the amazing voice actually of Luz Casal. Mm. Uh, you'll like this one. It's good. Nada me 
sirve sin ti You're listening to the Kevin Markwick Show on the mighty Uckfield FM. Uh, Chris Grognier Defer is my guest, crowned head of the British Film. Oh, no, it's no, boring, no. isn't it? Esteemed producer, director, because you've been directing as well. I have, yeah, yeah. I did do that. Did you do the feature? I did, yeah. Ah. Dirty Weekend. Ah, excellent. Why didn't I show it in my cinema? Uh, we haven't shown it in any cinema. Well, we know we've done festivals. We recently, we just came back from Beijing. Oh, okay. For the uh, Beijing fourth fourth Beijing International Film Festival. So, are you chasing a UK distributor? Is that what you're doing? Uh, it's part of the plan. Yeah. I oh, mean, okay. we seem to be very very hot in China. All right. Which, frankly, has more people. So you know what? <laughs> At the end of the day, everyone's after China, aren't they? It's, For it's a big market. Yeah. And financing as well. I hear they're into that as well. So, yeah. It's a know. very impressive country. I, have to say. I mean, you know, I don't think everything's right, but. Wow, go out there and it's going to yes. change your mindset. Right, okay. I've never been. So we were going to talk about Indian cinema. Now, is this one technically Indian? This is a film called In Custody, which presumably isn't... Is, is it its original title? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, well, I think it probably had a... I know, it was, it, was, it was financed by Film 4. Was it? Yeah, I believe it was. It was financed by Film 4. And directed um, by... And Israel. Directed James Ivory's producing partner. Now, this yes. was his first uh, foray into directing. Oh, okay. So did it take... It was a... Um, Western-style narrative picture. Uh, I, th- I mean, it. It didn't have hmm. that like breaking into song every five minutes. It didn't minutes break thing into song, do. no. But it it didn't perhaps have an entirely Western narrative structure. I mean, there's okay. very much sort of echoes of, of of Indian filmmaking, right? In a and more in a Bengali sense than. Okay, than so that, and that was Hollywood. made in 1993. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Wasn't it? No, 1994. That's close. Yeah, it's close enough. But because uh, they were quite prolific at that period, weren't I mean, they? if you've taken these dates from IMDb, they tend to refer to the uh, release date. The release date, as opposed oh, to okay. the. I didn't actually look up much about that. Was that written by um, what's her name as well? Ruth Proudjavala. Yes. Hmm. I don't know. It's a very good question because it's based on a book, which wasn't one of her books. Right. Okay. And we should definitely Google that for yes, our we audience. Will. Or tweet in if you know. <laughs> yes. I don't. Think Nobody's tweeting. Derek Malcolm's tweeting, but not about us. Well, it's still which good, is bit, to, which know. is a bit disappointing. But do do that, honestly, chaps out there. Uh, give us a tweet at Kevin Markwick, or you can find us on the Facebook page. Do that as well. So we're going to play a bit of music from In Custody. This is Nasib Azamani Key. Would that be? I think your pronunciation is very good. Do you think so? Yeah. You got to do it with confidence, which is what, you, yeah, what Brits don't do, isn't it? You just got to get in there and do it. Say it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
Okay, so that's from um, uh, In Custody, which was Ishmael Merchant's uh, first film as a director. Yeah, I believe it was. And he'd been making films a long time, hadn't he? Yeah. Up to that point. But it wasn't written by Ruth... Pravdrabala. Yes, no. thank you. It was written by uh, Sharuka Hussein yeah. from the novel by Anita Desai. I should definitely look that one out. This is what's great about doing this show, because people introduce me to stuff I haven't seen. This is what... Actually, I said this to somebody the other day about movies. Don't matter how... I mean, I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen more movies than most people, but there are still thousands, thousands out there, absolute works of genius that I've yet to see, which is one of the greatest things about movies. So we'll stick, uh, we'll stay with India. Uh, beautiful song, actually, from a film called Devdas. Yeah, amazing. It was, it was actually a remake. Was There's it? A, there is an older Devdas, the one we're oh, okay. referring to as the 2002 version. Right. Which and I think was the sort of um, the first, well, in recent history, the first Indian film to. Uh, premiere at Cannes it played Cannes at Cannes because played this is Cannes. a huge market now. in the UK huge. it's a huge market and the, these films are now sort of getting into the top 10 in the UK box quite frequently I mean this one is um, it, I mean it does they do burst into song it's, but it, it's, it's your it's classic uh, Indian style yeah it's more mm. classical well it's a more of a classical filmmaking as opposed to the slightly uh, rampant sort of bouncing around from yes. mountains to deserts to I mean I love it I absolutely love it's, I love watching it's it's filmmaking on a yeah on it's a on, there's no restraint there's no hold but just go for it absolutely Make it, you feel like singing sing yes you know I mean actually we say that it's it is far more structured and and yes. and they yeah. there's a code that I think mm. we probably haven't seen enough films to understand but there's there's codes about people who smoke being bad and people with moustaches and, and and then there's the, the wet sari moment which is the kind of height of, of, of yes. a seduction point and i think you, you, you we need to study it probably in more depth absolutely and people tend to forget don't they that western cinema isn't the only cinema that there, there is it's definitely not i mean we're, no. we are we are grossly outnumbered yes. by, um, by well, the Bollywood, as it's called, I think is financially far more successful than Hollywood, yeah, isn't and it? Nollywood. The Nigerian, Nollywood, Nigerian film industry is absolutely mm-hmm. massive. But these films are quite often four hours long as well, aren't they? They Yeah, they go long. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you know, it's, it's, it's very 
different. It's very populous, maybe where television hasn't spread quite as widely, no, and three no. G telephony hasn't spread. <laughs> no. um, I mean, it will do. It's you know, and they will shot seventy mil as well. A lot of them. seventy mil, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, big, big budget. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it makes you know makes us look frankly, but pretty. Yeah. Small. Well, this is a beautiful song, uh, Ma Dala, uh, and it's sung by somebody. Oh, and I've got it written down here. Is that the Ishmael Darbar, or is that just something you written on a piece of paper to entertain me? No, no, no. Yeah, Yeah, that one. That'll do. Here you go. beautiful and quite an extraordinary sequence in the film it's amazing I mean, it's amazing yeah. you have to see this film yeah i haven't seen it i've no, seen really the, this do. part because i looked it up but uh i've not seen the film so that's another one if you do a special screening i'll come down yeah no, i won't comment be... throughout no. but i will come down <laughs> now that'd be fascinating because it's i assume again it's uh probably really long you should do it during it? diwali or something yeah sort of local uckfield celebration of uh no? Yeah, well... Just one screening. Yeah. Mind you, it lasts yeah, about three hours, don't, so... Don't, yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> we actually first showed Indian films uh, in the 70s. We did show them for a while because they uh, billeted a lot of the um, uh, Asians that were ejected from, um, uh, oh, you know, Idi Amin. And um, uh, what's it called? Uganda. Right. Okay. Ugandan refugees, a lot of them were billeted up at Maysville Camp. Okay. And we used to show films for them, and they turn up in these tins. I mean, these like 25 reels with no indication which one was what first, was real one. Third, yeah. <laughs> does, it, does it harm the enjoyment, though, I wonder? Well, I don't know. Nobody, seemed to, nobody came out and said, I'm sorry, this is in the wrong order. You know, it was like, I remember our projectionist puffing down his cigarette going, well, I don't know, Gov, who's got to be in some sort of order, but this one's got writing on the front, so it must be great, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, so, no, I will definitely have a look at, have a look at that. So we're going to now move, we're going to completely different, and we're going to talk about Hans Zimmer. 
oh, and Black yes. Hawk Down. Well, we're going to talk about Ridley Scott, are we? Is I that what you're after? Or just the whole... No, we talk about the whole, that the whole, whole thing. genre of filmmaking. I mean, that's bombastic in a different way, isn't it? Yeah, you know, of, it's kind of... It's big, It's big, isn't cojones. it? It's, it is, and it's political, and it's kind of... Is it political? I think it is. I mean, they're taking political events, generally, and sort of rehashing them and rethinking them all. I find it imp- I found it actually impossible to follow, simply because everyone had those, you know, that all those uniforms. I couldn't that, tell who was who. I had that problem with um, uh, Band of Brothers. Right. Band of Brothers on television. I, I watched a few. Yes. And I knew someone was dead. I could never figure out which of the soldiers had died. So I, I could never quite get into it. It's like <laughs> who was I mean, it? I felt sad and empathy, obviously. Yes. But, like, but, I don't but know who am I feeling sad there. for? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And then you work out that actually it's the one that started the episode doing something like eating an apple. Right. Because that was oh, a signal okay. that that yes. was the hero. So do you not think that there's an element of the glamorisation of war in a film like this to some degree? I mean, you think of that opening sequence, the helicopters take off and the ultra-cool Jimi Hendrix music starts to play and all boys in the audience are going, cool! Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think filmmaking can, can make a lot of these things look um, appealing. Perhaps yeah, I mean, in, given in the, ways that really taking a bullet is not. Yeah. Um, but then, you but know, we've, we've always used it. It was a great propaganda tool, wasn't it? In the, oh, well, that's in, a slightly during, different thing, don't you think? That there was well, a good reason to... No, uh, I'm not saying it was, yes. it was a bad thing. It's just <laughs> it, it's the same technique put to a different use and outcome, if you will. But, but do you um, think... Do you Because think, actually the helicopter sequence is what sticks in my mind from Black Hawk Down, the way it starts off with the... Um, the choppers going the G- in, yeah. And then there's the Jimi Hendrix over. music, yeah, and yeah. all that. And you're going, oh, man, this is cool. I remember sitting in the cinema and everyone's going, oh, man, this is cool. And I'm thinking, well... Yeah, but then they do get shot down and, and picked yeah, off one by one. So I think yeah. you... Aren't I mean, you supposed to sort of conclude from that that maybe it isn't as cool as it looks? Possibly. I don't know. I'm not sure he made... Did he make that point, Ridley Scott? Maybe he did. A lot of them don't make it back to base. Oh, okay. I just think it didn't make it quite as strongly as, say, um, Coppola made in the that extraordinary Ride of the Valkyries sequence in... Yes. Um, Apocalypse yeah. Now, which is horror from beginning to end, isn't it? Because what he cleverly does is he starts with the people that are about to get destroyed, doesn't he, Coppola? Whereas... In Black Hawk Down, we start with everyone going, lock and load, and everyone's sort of like Although aliens. Although in theory, still the people about to get destroyed. Yes, yeah, well, I, mean, I suppose so, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I see what you mean, yeah, he'd, he'd sort of, yeah. There's no context in that in that respect. But it's it's dazzling filmmaking, isn't it, is what it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's somebody who, who is able to use every single um, tool at their disposal. It's very, 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 very good yeah. filmmaker. Yeah. Really so, exciting. and Hans Zimmer's music. Now, he'd... Again, by this point, I think he'd done Gladiator, hadn't he, by this point? Had he yeah. done Gladiator? No, that was a good film, wasn't it? Oh, no, that is a fine film, yes. That is. That yes. is. <laughs> How does it go? Go on, do me a I'm not going to do it. Crow. Yeah, Russell Crowe. No, Father of a murdered and all that son. kind of stuff. Husband of a murdered wife, and yeah. I will be revenged. Yeah, that's so good, isn't In it? a slightly Australian accent. Well, a little bit, but, you know. Mm. No, I, I didn't hear it in his Roman accent. But this was, um, this was Hans Zimmer, his most Hans Zimmerish. <laughs> Yes. When he was, when his scores were really kind and of if they slightly switched off, yes. slightly, so yeah. Here we go. This is from Black Hawk Down. Yeah. 
Listening to Kevin Markwick and my guest Chris Grognier de Fer. We're just talking nonsense, really, aren't we? Pretty much. We yeah, pretty much so. abandoned any kind of structure about an hour and twenty minutes ago. But we have we have mostly stuck to film. We have. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Well, we're going to talk now about Heather's, which you picked out. Yeah. Yeah. Great film. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, um, I can't remember her name now. Uh, Winona, Winona Ryder. Ryder that Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Yeah. It was, it was the start of an extraordinary career uh, extraordinary also in the way it sort of imploded at a certain point um what her career yeah i mean there's there's various accusations of various things and then she's oh, dis- that disappeared business. from the screen for a bit yeah yeah she's just come she's back, re-emerged she? yeah she's re-emerged she was in yeah. that strange did you see the ice man that was an interesting film no with michael thingy but from, i saw her on tv yeah. the other day in a, in a rather bizarre British TV thing. What was that? Oh, I don't know. It was very odd. Um, 
It was. It, it was. Tweet like, in if you know. It was the sequel and the treequel to something that had been shot about two years before, with Bill Nighy playing, kind of a Tinker Tailor Soldier sort of character. Hang on, we're gonna um, look it up. Look, here we go. So it's and, TV. Uh, you right? It was TV. Television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was Turks and David Caicos. Hare. I think it was it David Hare? Yeah. Ooh. Turks and Caicos, and it had oh. Winona Ryder playing a sort of. Um, Okay. Uh, a sort of PR to some sort of very bad, dangerous businessman. But Heather's was that kind of um, the start of that uh, sort of brat packy kind of thing, wasn't it? I mean, she she was, was a. End, I mean, it was it was a it was a very kind of anti-establishment film in a in a bizarre. Oh, way. Oh, actually, it was nineteen eighty eight, so it must have been towards the end of the brat packy. Yeah, was it? but it was yeah. all about blowing up schools and and rebelling and 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 being you know sort of. But was, they were the popular girls, the Heathers, weren't they? The They're Heathers the were, but she wasn't. She that wasn't was the a thing. Heather, yeah, that was yeah. the point. And that was the plot, wasn't it? Um, it was the beginning of the Revenge of the Geeks, in a way. Oh, OK. Geeks and Goths. Which, of know. course, reached its high point with Revenge of the Nerds. Potentially. <laughs> or anything John Apatow has sort of put his <laughs> Was he involved with that, on. Revenge of the Nerds? No. I don't know. I he but he wasn't involved with Heathers either. No, no. Heathers, but and it's... had Christian Slater. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Doing yeah. his Jack Nicholson. Doing, doing Jack Nicholson Jr. Very sort of sexy... Very Gee. deliberately, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it really was. But here's some of the score. This is a short burst from Heather's. You just won't believe how 1988 it actually sounds. go finger on the pulse that was a very short burst of the score for heathers by uh, uh, david newman yeah. any relation do you think to the what? other newmans the wiltshire newmans <laughs> i don't know them i mean probably no, no then you know like alfred Paul? newman and alfred? you know and what's his name you know there he is singing about what he sees he was a newman wasn't he you know from toy story and all that no oh randy randy newman randy newman yeah they oh, must i wish be... he could play some toy story tonight oh well we could have done if you'd have put it on the list well I, you know so michael layman directed that what did he go on to do let's have a look it's quite interesting oh hudson hawk that Ooh, was that's that was interesting where, that was where he made his first big mistake oh meet the Applegates. that was an interesting film that was, that was a good about, film yeah that was Didn't about the aliens uh, what was she it? called in it um yes it yes. did it had uh hang on now you see i do not know what i'm talking about now because i am looking this up stockard channing and dabney coleman wow no, keep going keep going keep ed going. begley camille cooper uh savannah smith boucher no i don't think it's who you're thinking of I don't no know what it is. No, um, and then yeah, Hudson Hawk, one of the sort of one of the very famous kind of uber flops, wasn't it? It was one of the first 
big, big sort yeah. of. I mean, they happen all the time now. Yes, in they a do, way, don't they? Yeah, I mean, they're writing off millions of the studios millions, now. Are writing off millions all the time. Yeah, I see DreamWorks have just written down something like fifty-seven million or something for that um, Peabody and Sherman picture they made. Oh. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen it. Mm, I should see everything, really, shouldn't I? Well, no, you don't have to see everything. Well, no. Airheads he made. That was quite good, actually. you remember that? It's about the, taking over the radio station, a young Steve Buscemi and uh, like Adam us, Sandler. It? Yeah, That's it could us. happen any minute. Yeah. And then he went on 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah, and it kind of fizzled out, really. Oh, arbitrage. Oh, that was good. Oh, no. <laughs> His credit on that was the director wishes to thank. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> for not, for not doing for it. For not making this film. But this is all important stuff. So what are we going to move on to? We were going to, oh, The Wicker Man. We're going Wicker Man, aren't we? Yeah. That is an amazing film. It that is. needs to be, I mean, I hope they never remake it. Oh. It needs to be preserved. Oh. What? Well, they remade it, didn't they? No, but I mean properly, as in not, oh, you know. Without that was, Edward, Woodward, Woodward. That was not a remake. That was just, oh, I don't know what Nicholas it was. Cage it was just being silly. But, uh, yeah, Edward Woodward. Um, Jesus Christ! In the oh, top of that, he's oh. burning. Oh. Oh. Yes. And those those sort of thoroughly unnecessarily, um, well, frolicky mm. scenes. With well, which is what the pimp piece of music we're going to play actually is it from is the that, frolicking scene? Is the frolicky scene in the, in the um, pub in the pub with uh, Britt Eklund? Yes. And for some reason, I always imagine Peter Sellers being there, but I think that's because he married her, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he or did. Just... No, Peter. <laughs> That's what I. That scenes we'd like to see. <laughs> Peter Sellers sitting in the hotel room watching Brit Eklund slapping the wall naked. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it was because famously uh, the guy who married her, Rod Stewart, wasn't it? Married her, and he tried to get it cut Did and he? all those bits taken out. Yeah. Because I don't think it's her singing. I think it's someone else singing. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I think the film would have been as good without it, but. Certainly yeah, for no, me, it was, watching it, it young, it, that was... It, was, it was a kind of rich scene of British horror at the time. Yeah. I mean, these are films that we do not make anymore. I mean, I presumably they weren't expensive, were they? But they weren't cheap. They were kind of... Uh, you could still make your money back, presumably, in the UK at that time, early 70s. Yeah, you yeah, probably could. On theatrical. On theatrical. Because there was yeah. no other... No. Well, and, but was TV, I, wasn't I do remember it went out as a second feature, mostly. I do remember that. Um... Yeah, with you. Don't Look Now. I do remember that. That would be a great double bill. Oh, yeah, we had some great double bills. Can you imagine if we had that now? It would be oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, with the Nick Rogues film. How much How much the tickets at your uh, venue? Well, eight pounds. That's good. You, you had two films. Well, yeah. no, you, well, no, you, you yes, you did. You well, charge? you can't book double features like you used to, because at one time you could. It used to, I mean, without getting boring about it, you used to put them in the pot, we used to call it. So you'd pay the same fee, and you'd get an allocation. 50% of the take would go to one film, 50% of the other. But now producers... Or one hundred percent of the allocation. They learned this. I'm going to tell you this story. Tell me. Um, they learned this when Jaws came out, because um, they used to put shorts. You remember when they put shorts with films, like mm-hmm. eighteen minute shorts, and then we would get uh, on the on our contract. We would have an allocation, and it would say ninety eight percent to Universal for Jaws and two percent to the short of the film hire that we paid. Fair enough. Well, yes, but can you imagine if you're, I don't know, uh, Steven Spielberg or George Lucas putting Star Wars at it? 2% of the UK gross of Star Wars. Went to a short film. Went to uh, a, a documentary, Pete Murray Goes to Nottingham or something. Was it that? Yeah. 
It was. Amazing. I know. So you can imagine people like Leslie Behrens, I mean, it's a name probably not familiar to anybody listening, but he would go around Wardle Street making sure that his shorts got on with these films. That is really clever. Yeah, you could, you could make out like a bandit. The first short film I re- uh, produced yeah. was released with a film. Was it? Yeah, was it that? wasn't Jaws. Oh. And, and you didn't get an allocation either. I did, but I, <laughs> I don't think we ever earned the money back that we'd spent. Oh, to right. Make the paint, okay. But, but no, no, these terrible bread making documentaries and these Hot Wheels went out with Grease. It was this. Oh, um, that would have been good. Yeah, it was like a little. It was a short about um, uh, skateboarding. They made out like bandits. Amazing. We, I mean, should, we yeah. should revisit that. Well, no one's going to allow you to have any of their allocation, are they? You wouldn't if you were the producer of the feature, would you? Oh, probably not. No, not in so. principle, no. Okay, here's Brie Eklund dancing around in the nuddy.
There we are, nice bit of Puccini go down nice. <laughs> I love a Puccini. <laughs> bit of Puccini in the evening. From Room of the View in 1985, James Ivory's uh, kind of seminal film, really, yeah, I would it was say. Big, big kickoff. Oh. I don't think it was his first film, but it was certainly the big. Uh, Did you, were you involved in that one at all? Um, only in terms of watching it again and again. Oh, I see. So it was, no, I was quite we were young. Just, yeah, we were just... Oh, yeah, I suppose, yes. I was 14, I think, oh, at the time. Yeah, I, I know. Forget, I forget we're not as old as Each me. Other. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, boy, can you imagine the money we took with that one? Round here. Yeah. Oh, and we're looking at the footage, some of the... You know, because when, when I looked it up earlier, uh, just how young Helena Bonham Carter looks. Amazing. Well, I mean, all of them, all of them. Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis. And there's that sort of nude bathing scene, which is yes. quite um, interesting. Bit of slapstick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, is that what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> slapstick, yeah. And um, that wasn't my joke. I think it was a joke uh, that somebody made about um, uh, Ken Russell's film uh, Women in Love, right. which had the very famous uh, nude wrestling scene between um, Oliver Reed and Alan Bates. And, and I think we should revisit that too. Yes, we should be looking it's at. a brilliant film. Yeah. Actually, it is a brilliant film. Again, that was a period that uh, you know British films were quite. Some of them there were quite. Uh, well, Ken Russell. I suppose it was Ken Russell. It was Ken, it Russell. was Ken Russell and Nick Rowe. In fact, I had a big disagreement with somebody about this when I, I wrote something about how rubbish the seventies were, and I was slightly hauled over the coals by a famousish critic, and. Uh, I still I don't I don't actually rescind that because apart from Nick Rogue and Ken Russell, what were we making? Nothing. On the buses, Dad's Army, you know, TV spin-offs and Confessions of a Window Cleaner. It sounds like 2014. It was horrible. Are we making you know, Dad's Army again? Uh, yes, no, we are. Apparently, yeah, yeah. how can you do it again? I don't understand. And that's not sounding like a sort of no, things aren't what they used to be. It's like the whole the, what made that work was them, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, but I, I suppose they're going for audience that don't remember them and, and will enjoy the enjoy the sort I of suppose so. cinemas yeah. of it all. But, but actually, we, yeah, 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 okay. But outside Nick Rogue and Ken Russell, I don't think we were making interesting films at all. But we're getting off the the um, yeah, because we were on Room of the View. For yeah, a bit, we were, we? which was a good British film. Wasn't oh, it? stunning! It yeah, stunning. and took a lot of money, which is how I mostly gauge films. Yeah, I well, mean, I mean, and it, it was wasn't that just it was kind of at the beginning of VHS madness, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, around the early eighties, yeah, when we all suddenly had VHS machines, and, and you could buy films for nine ninety nine. Yeah, you could buy, but you could buy the film you love so much. Yeah, that's something that was a massive change. I mean, for me, when I was growing up, the only way you could have films on Super Eight, which is you know this yeah. eight millimeter I've done film promos in Super Eight. Yeah, but you, to buy a feature on Super Eight was about six hundred pounds. It was the only way you could possibly own the film. And uh, or sixteen millimeter, if you're lucky, someone had a knockoff copy from an airline or something. But um, and then suddenly you could buy films from nine ninety nine in Woolworths. It was staggering. Unfortunately, it was on VHS, so it looked absolute rubbish. Yeah, but we didn't know that. At the no, time. We, we didn't. didn't know that. Pan and scan. I mean, can you imagine? I know. <gasps> I know. What a terrible thing. So uh, we're going to move on to uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. Which is one of my favourite films. Michel Gondry. Frenchman. Oh, a Frenchman. A Frenchman. Do you think, because that, I think, is his finest film, would you agree? I think it's my favourite of his. Yeah, yeah I definitely. think he's he's one of these filmmakers, for, I mean, you know, I think, what do I know, that he's better when he's directing someone else's material. Which, that was a script famously by uh, Thingy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Thingy, yeah. yeah. The man who had trouble writing, who wrote a book yeah, about right. adaptation, I mean, a, and adaptation, uh, yeah. you know him. Yeah, no, and, no, exactly who you yeah. mean. 
Tweet in, audience, folks. The audience have no clue who you mean. <laughs> no, Go it's... Google it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to. Um, and because the other one he made, the uh, Be Kind Rewind, which my family love. Yeah. And it just irritated the hell out of me. I, uh, yeah, I watched most of it, but I didn't... I couldn't no, go the whole way. No. I couldn't, no. And the very, very twee um, sleep one. Yeah, sleep, dream, dreams. Dream, oh, food, yeah. Sleep, sleep. Yeah. Sleep. Miracle of sleep. <laughs> Yeah, my like daughter's that. now shouting at the radio because it's one of her favourite films. I Science of Sleep. Science, yeah, I, uh, yeah, mm, yeah. What, but what twee, came before Spotless Mind? Uh, Gondry. Because well, he, he was, was doing commercials. Yeah, and, and, and uh, hang on, hang on, listener. I'm uh, Michelle Gondry. Here we go. 2004. Total yeah. Sunshine. That's ten years ago. It's a decade. decade. <sighs> it was Kate Winslet in in. Uh, uh, I think it's one face. of her one of her best films. Oh, most certainly. One I love her. In that. Yeah, and, and and actually, Jim Carrey was Carrie Carrey, the Canadian Canuck. Um, yes. Canuck. He was. I mean, he's he's actually he's gorgeous in that. He is. And, well, he's oh, a proper actor. Oh, Kirsten Dunst bouncing around. Yeah. On the bed. Yes, yes. I'll say no more. Well done, um, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Keep calm and carry on. Yes, it was. Uh, no, it it was kind of uh, perfect, actually, wasn't it? It was a really good film. Longing yeah. about relationships and how the sort of inability to pinpoint that moment when things go right or when things go wrong, and your sort of inability to—it was this sort of desperate need to try and control things, which if any anyone who's in any kind of relationship knows, it's it's almost impossible to do. Let go, let go. You now. Just yeah, you know. So uh, and it kind of it captures that perfectly. And John Brion's score also does. This is a phone call.
phone call from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Now, uh, we're going to move on to Jean de Florette and Manon du Source, mm. which actually pretty much single-handedly um, introduced a lot of people to the concept of subtitled cinema, didn't it? French cinema, yeah, subtitled yeah. cinema. It was, yeah. They used to have commercial breaks in them. Did they? Don't you remember? I think they used to yeah. break. Like Serrano de Bergerac had a break. Yes, it did. Halfway through. Yeah, just so people could rest their poor, weary eyeballs. Yeah. But very much kind of, um, yeah, introduced people to the concept that a subtitle film could actually be a, a crowd pleaser, mm. you know. Yeah, these were huge at the time, weren't they? Mm. I mean, everyone went to see these. Mm. Well, actually, um, everybody. I, I didn't check. <laughs> I don't have, that's not a fact. But they were made by, uh, what's his face? Berry, Claude Berry. Yeah. And were they big in France? They were huge in France. Yeah, these were really big films. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone um, in France went to see that. That is a th- fact. That I'm is check that. Yeah. <laughs> it was compulsory. It was military service uh, and seeing Manon de Source. Because it's this heartbreaking story, isn't it? This kind of he's a hunchback. He's a, he's a simple hunchback peasant who's, I think, fallen Does, in love he with. He comes with, from the city, though, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah. I didn't see. It. I must have come in after the credits. <laughs> Sure? No, you've got the two farmers that want the land because yeah. the old boy has died. And they, well, and they, they block the up the well. Yeah. And this guy from the city, the hunchback from the city comes, he's going to make a go of being a farmer. And he's so determined that he walks down the hill every day to get the water when he doesn't need to and he can't make the land work. So he sort of cries, this anguished cry at God, doesn't he? And then... Then Emmanuel Bayard turns up. Yeah. Yeah. And things get, you know... Different. And, yeah. And she... Uh, well, that's the second one. She's the child, the little girl. Yes, in the first one. Yeah, yeah and she, she gets her own back on all the... Uh, the nasties. All the, all the people in the yeah. town. Yeah, massive, massive. And still sells, even today, actually. And it's, it's, it's one of the films that people... If you say to them about subtitle... I don't like subtitle films, but I will watch Jean de Florette and Men on de Source, which yeah. is... Uh, they, haven't, they haven't done one... They need, the French need to focus on this, really, don't they? Do they? I think France the generally French, is the country... Do the French worry about what people think of their cinema outside, do, hugely, of the, yeah. outside of France? Yeah, yeah, no, cultural domination is, is every, every, a very big part of, of French politics. But I know they're, they're very touchy about American cultural imperialism, aren't they? Yeah. In French and, cinema particularly. But do they worry what, 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 what the rest of the world thinks of French cinema? Yeah, no, they have a huge export team mm. that work very very hard to 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 get the french films out to the general public they've got the, they've got french institutes dotted all over the world yes uh, one of the most important postings in france is to be head of the worldwide grouping of french getting institutes film, getting yeah. people out to see uh, so so mr ozon please put a very lovely naked woman in your film Maybe that's, that's, cynical. that's the way. What a horrible thing to say. I don't think it works. That no, way. of course it doesn't. No. But no, you want big crowd pleasers, don't you? you? Want these big epics? Do they make epic films? I know the French have kind of gone it's, off the board a bit. Yeah, they're, they have. They're making they? some good thrillers, but I think it's only because we can't understand what I can. But well, interestingly, a lot of the thrillers though are made from uh, English books, aren't they? Yes, books in the American English language. Books, yeah, yeah, or yeah. American books. Yeah. which is kind of interesting, which gives it that odd kind of uh, mix of the two cultures. It actually makes it a really interesting yeah. interesting thing to watch. Because the, the forensics, police, sort of yes. judicial work all seems mm. very familiar. Yes. And yet, actually, yes, everything in French. Everything's know. sort of done with goulois. I'm arresting you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, now you've heard this a million times, because it's on this blinking advert, but it's still very evocative. Uh, the theme from Jean de Florette.
The theme from Jean de Florette. I overdid my French accent there, didn't I? That, yeah, I'm not going to... I can't no. give you 10 out of 10 for that one. I'm sorry. Sorry, everyone. And Manon du Source, which were kind of seminal 1980... 1986. Yeah. Now available on Duve Day. Are they? <laughs> yeah, I've got the box set. I did show them to the kids, actually, fairly recently. Yeah. And they, they, they mostly responded. <laughs> <laughs> well, had to uh, find mostly. Well, no, they enjoyed it. They did enjoy they, it. They, oh, yeah, had... I show them lots of films. Sit they... down. Sit down now and watch that. Do you do that with your kids? But your kids are quite small. They're, quite, they're still quite small, yeah. Yeah. yeah but and you... one, one sort of prefers watching men running around with a football. Ah, OK. Yeah. Yes, fair enough. We're going to talk about uh, Senna. Which I think it's the fourth, uh, the thirtieth, twentieth, thirtieth anniversary. It was twentieth, anniversary. Yeah, just the other day mm, that he died, and of course Asif Kapadia made that wonderful documentary. It's it's extraordinary, isn't it? It is. I um, mean, it's it's documentary filmmaking at its at its best. Give, give you know, I mean, it's there's there's documentary filmmaking that's there to to stir your political. Yes, sort of thought process, but this mm. was just an amazing piece about an amazing man, and, and, really... and no talking heads. No, 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 just, it was the, fantastic. The, yeah, and because apparently they shot the talking heads, they shot them all, which is why there's a director of photography credited on the picture. Uh, but they, they 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 kept discovering more and more footage, footage, yeah, and got it down from like eight hours to five hours to four hours to three hours, because it wasn't at all um, uh, what's the word uh, collated into any kind of. There's apparently, because I didn't know this, Bernie Eccleston owns um, Biggin Hill Airport. <laughs> okay, <laughs> as you would, as you yeah, would. Yeah, I don't know. Perhaps he's got a plane. Oh, he must have, Bernie Eccleston must have a plane. A very might small need, one. Might need it to come back from uh, wherever he is at the moment. Yeah, and, and there was all this stuff in this hangar, which they had to sift through, and they had um, units out in Brazil and all the places they were Grand Prix, and they kept coming back with more and more of this stuff. And it is a, it's kind of um, sort of an editing masterpiece, really, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's an amazing piece of storytelling mm. from from found footage, as it were. Yeah, and because in the cinema, we Jerry and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, getting films, getting documentaries into the cinema is a bit tricky. You know, um, but that one had such a strong, strong story that people responded to it, and and it was that oh I don't know I don't know uh, was it they're saying I don't like anything about Formula One, but that that because it just told such a human story. This is um, center theme, God. So apparently we're going to be playing God. Here you go. There you go. <laughs>
so it's time to say goodbye, I'm afraid. Oh, here we go. And we're saying goodbye to the strains of Moishar's Lawrence of Arabia, which Chris picked. And yeah. it really, because um, it's like proper cinema. It's it's the film that makes me want to make films. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, you Love never it. get tired of that one. You can't. No. Sandy cameras. <laughs> Sandy cameras, camels, and... <laughs> what more you know, do you Acaba. want? Yeah. yeah, and telling a human story on a grand scale, isn't it? It's epic, isn't that's it? What, that's, it's epic that's what epic filmmaking. Yeah. Today you'd do it with CGI, wouldn't you? you know, Will maybe. we ever see it's like again? No. No. Well, Especially not if... In storytelling terms, maybe, but we we have digital camels, won't we? Yeah, but not not if you got Netflix and that trash. No one's going to make films on a big scale for that. Anyway, that's for a yes. whole other. That's next week's show. That's next week's show. So all it remains for me to say is thank you very much, Chris. My it's pleasure. Absolutely My pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you very much, and of course, thank you to everyone else for listening. And we'll see you next week. I love you all. Goodbye. Don't forget to promote the podcast. And oh yeah, hello, podcast people. I love you too. <laughs> and I'll see you next week. I'll leave you with Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm.